Round one. Fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 196th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by APIT.net and those sexy, sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, the fried chicken to my waffles. We're talking about Miss Allie Hart. You can find her on the socials at Miss Allie Hart. How you doing? It's been a hot minute, but we're back. Yeah, yeah. Had a bit of a week off, which is always needed by everyone. And now mm-hmm. we're back and better than ever. Better yeah, than that's ever? what they tell us. <laughs> better than Bigger, ever. Better, better than ever. <clears throat> All the positive B words. Uh, better than ever. My bad. We're bad bitches. Mm-mm. Speaking of bad, bad asses, bad ass. I've got a bad back. Did you just? Yeah, like, I got I got bad knees. Oh my god! Like, um, I've gone back to doing yoga again because like everything hurts now. Like everything. Hurts. <laughs> I I sadly can completely relate to this, and it's embarrassing that we're early thirties falling apart. Yeah, like you have those sensations where just like getting up off the couch is just too much. Oh, yeah. Like, just getting up in the morning, you sound like an old creaky, like, horror movie door. Like, you get up and, and everything's cracking and creaking and screaming. and Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's yeah, the human body is a very fragile thing. And um, they do say the body is a temple, but, like, I'm one of those old Roman ruins. Like, I'm one of them old Roman temples <laughs> like that that have just been desecrated over the years and pillaged and plundered and... Falling apart. This ain't no temple. This is a haunted church. It's like, it's bad. Like creaking. My knees like pop. Like, what is this? Did anyone else suffer this at our age? Or are we just because we're all stupid gamers that just sit behind a computer or a console all the time? I think it's, I think it's certainly a bit of both. Like, yeah, for the most part, the, the traditional gaming lifestyle is not the healthiest and best for the body. No. Uh, but then... Then you think about just our forefathers and whatnot. Like you go back to those Western times and it's like you, you live into your 40s and it's the equivalent of living to like 150. So it's like, you know, go figure, right? That's true. We're technically like at the age of being the wise man of like the town. So, you know, mm. you made it past 20, you're in your 30s, you are the wisest man. Except Ooh, yeah. I don't have the beard yet. Give it time. Yeah. Give it time. I'll keep working on it. I reckon you could, like if you're back in them times, you'd have one of them sweet big Big bushy dense moustaches, like the big ones that take over the whole lip as well. Oh, it's one of them big old caterpillars. Damn straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sadly I can't grow a big thick one like that. I don't have like a huge amount of lip real estate for a big bushy mo. So, yeah. But anyway, it's that's the that's sort of the cross that I have to bear that <laughs> I can't have a big bushy moustache. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on a completely unrelated note. I think we have just about the best podcast intro music in the gaming space. Oh, yeah. Like, every-, every time I listen to it, like, I know it's sort of that whole proud parent thing and, and I don't know, maybe if it's a little bit like a blinders with that because it is like it's ours, but I listen to it and I'm bobbing my head. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, yeah, old Michael from Reset who put that beat together oh. is just a genius and a maestro and then just them little sound bites of all the 
all the hits. It's just like, mm, this is this is perfect. I miss the reset, guys. Me too. Me too. Michael and Tegan, if you're listening, baby, come back. <laughs> I hope they do come back one day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it's sad too. A couple of like, gems. Well, I wouldn't have been able to make packs either, but like, <laughs> Lisa, everyone might miss out on it this year. Yeah, yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's looking more and more of a certainty that, that packs... Oh, actually, maybe not now because restrictions are getting lifted left, right and centre. So, maybe it's like a, a 20% chance that it might still go ahead now. I wouldn't put it anything more than 20%, but the Victorian Prime Minister, he's he's pretty strict with his, his lockdown procedures and things. So, maybe Prime maybe Minister? 20% might be 15%. Yeah. Um, did I call him Victorian Prime Minister? You did, you did. Uh, I'm sure Melbourne thinks that way about themselves, but I just don't know if you get that body mass. Like, you remember how claustrophobic it gets in there? I don't know. For me, it's always a bit too much, but... Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to go, to be honest. Like, not not sort of talking ill about PAX in itself, but yeah, like, this thing is still still in the day-to-day, the whole COVID-19 thing, and I don't think in four months time or so if it's still going to run in that october time slot Mm. if it'd completely be zero cases by then like and all it takes is one person to run rough shot through packs and thousands of people are then carriers and i'm like yeah i don't know if i want to run that risk like i love packs and i love games love seeing my friends and stuff but i don't know maybe i just hang out at the bars yeah kill kill covid with uh with alcohol i mean to be completely honest i know that's where i spent like spent majority of my time at pax because i didn't like how claustrophobic i was inside so i'm like out to the bar that's that's the sign of a good event i think if yeah. you can enjoy yourself away from the event it's still a sign of a good event i think yeah 100 percent. yeah i don't know if there's much logic to that statement but uh we're taking it and Ooh. we're running with it and we'll keep running all the way into what we've been up to. Mm. So tell me the things. You have uh, been playing a little old ditty that's released this week called <sighs> Minecraft Dungeons. So friend of the podcast, friend to some, uh, Nato, <laughs> <laughs> has been... Uh, Minecraft Dungeons is the game. And Nato has been pretty much like absolutely banging into my head since they first announced it. It's just like, Ali. Minecraft Dungeons, Ali. And now that it's out, um, I watched a few streamers play it first. I just wanted to see. I was like, man. And then then in our group chat, uh, Benny and Nato were like, oh, how great is the game? It's so good. I'm like, I don't know. It looked pretty boring. And then he decided to take a few digs at me saying Animal Crossing was boring. But anyway, more successful game. Let's just say that. Um... So I uh, found out it was free on Game Pass. Good old Game Pass. So I'm like, all right, I don't have any loss with this. So um, I installed it and played Couch Co-op. And I mean, it was fun playing, you know, co-op and, you know, being in the Minecraft universe and seeing all the little Minecraft characters and building up some weapons and armor and just running through these little maps and areas and stuff would i pay money for it no <laughs> no i would that's, not that's that's a pretty big tell i think yeah. for the experience then if if you're not willing to drop some cash on it i think that speaks volumes yeah. for the game like i haven't played it yet yeah i've i've been privy to 
the NATO hype train on this and, and seeing them back and forth and talking about their the armor sets they're running. And he piqued my interest a little bit when he said he, he looks like guts from Berserk. And I'm like, oh, okay. You're rock, rocking around with a big old giant claymore and, and wreaking havoc in the dungeons. But it's like, I don't know if it's the graphics that sort of lead me to pause a little bit. Like I've played an absolute ass load of RPGs over the years with a whole ton of dungeon mechanics in them. And it looks nothing like anything I've played. And maybe that's sort of one of the disconnects for me. I, that it's not graphically appealing. I think just by a freaking standard, you're not allowed to play this until you play Diablo. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I'm playing it and I'm like, I, I, I know this gameplay. Like this like is very familiar. Like it's, 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 you know, the same kind of style as Diablo, which I love, which everyone knows. But like... There is nothing that is like encouraging me to be like, yeah, this is so unique. This is so great. I'm like, yeah, it's very like, it's stupid fun. But like I said, I just wouldn't, I personally wouldn't have invested in this. If I knew that I dropped money to play this game, I probably would have been a bit bummed out. Is there much, like, is there a high degree of difficulty for it? Or is it sort of almost like, like a a Diablo light, I guess, with a Minecraft skin over the top? It does feel like someone said, let's make Diablo for kids. However, okay. you can up your difficulty, which is good because we had to. We had to up our difficulty quite a bit because it was just getting too boring. Um, so it's good that they give you that option to be like, no, we want to do harder. because, And then if you like go up to the harder difficulties, you also get obviously more kind of loot, more drops and everything like that. But I don't know, like... Like, they they have, like, you can enchant your items, like most of those games do. You can collect, like, different style of weaponry. So, you know, you can do, like, crossbow or, you know, bow and arrow. Or then you could be, like, you know, blades. And then there's, like, melee combat and everything like that. I just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I guess maybe if you're, like, a super fan of Minecraft and you want to try it out, maybe you will enjoy it more. But I guess just for me, I was just, like, there is nothing incredibly unique about it that really drew me in so okay i i know like full disclosure i know very little about minecraft dungeons so is it like do the characters do you pick like a a class as well or is it just you've got your minecraft character and then you play them pending on the the armor and the loadout you have would change your style it's you don't have abilities or anything it's just exactly defined by your gear yeah so when you load up the game you just get to pick your like little character that you want to be which is just purely appearance wise and then as you know you play through the game you know you'll soon get your own loot drops um and then what we found is that actually when you kill certain enemies they will actually have assigned loot drops so you might kill someone but your co-op partner will actually have an assigned drop that comes out of it so you miss out regardless if you killed them oh i I thought it might split it like it does do that it does have a splitting option like especially when it comes to the currency um but like when it comes to like specific loot drops, I personally found <laughs> that like I would kill someone and it would drop like an awesome armor or awesome sword and be like, nah, this is for your partner. I'm like, well, bugger okay. me. So, um, but that's a yeah. bit tough. So <laughs> it is tough. It was actually, it got me really salty. Um, but, um, but yeah, so you'll find like certain weapons drop and then you'll try out the different weapons and all the other little like um, artifact items, which is usually like 
little things that give you bonus, like some like some are like boots that make you go faster. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a monkey totem, which protects, like creates a little, it's great, honestly, but like it creates a little bubble that protects you from like projectiles. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I thought you'd actually summon a monkey to fight I, for you. That's, no, I was like, yes, that's so good. I did get, it's like um, meat on a bone, which lets you summon a wolf. But oh, he was nice. he was really useless. He got stuck. He got stuck on a lot of things. So and it's sad too because if he gets hit by an arrow, soon you have this dog or wolf following you with like arrows sticking out of it. It hurt too much, so I had to unequip it because I hated hearing and the I'm, dog suffer. I'm assuming, yeah, they'd use the same sort of sound bites mm-hmm. from Minecraft where you hit a wolf and it's like, oh, it's like yeah. a sad howl. It's like yeah, that'd be that'd be tough yeah, to hear. So I had constantly. To, I had to unquip that. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I'm probably going to keep playing it just because it was free and I've kind of got, like, you know, a co-op experience that we're just going through all the different stages that they have available. There is something on the map where it says there's going to be more downloadable content. But just at this stage, it's just like, beh. Yeah, it's it's something I'll I'll look at when I've got nothing else to play. But sadly, (laughs) we seem to never have anything else to play um, or nothing... No, we'll sadly have nothing that we don't have to play. Mm. That's the words I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm just going to live through through you guys and hearing the joy and the the sort of feedback and the experiences through our chat because there's not that connection for me at the moment. Oh, yeah. I don't think like I I love my time with Minecraft. I gravitated more towards just creative mode and just building whatever. But mm-hmm. for for experts and veterans, I guess of Minecraft, like talking to NATO here and there about it and that doesn't do anything for him anymore because obviously he's been playing since day one. So he's built just about everything you can imagine from his mindset. So he likes the challenge and likes something new where it's still a bit of a fresh idea to me where you can build whatever you like and experience this world. So we're on different sort of playing fields in that regard, but Mm. it's cool that it's out. It's cool that people are enjoying it. It's cool that it's something different for Minecraft fans. And as you said, it's it's especially cool that it's free on Xbox Game Pass. So... Mm. You know, you get your get your subscription going on that and get it for free. I think the one thing I will give it, and I know it sounded like an insult before, but I think that you can kind of get away with playing this with your kids um, because obviously you can set that difficulty and you can always set it down. Um, and it is just very, like, very brawly where you can just kind of just go up and swipe a bunch of characters or just shoot arrows at them. Yeah. Um, so I think you could have that level of enjoyment with your kids. Yeah, Billy's first dungeon crawler or something like that. That's sort of the the way to describe it. So yeah. and that's cool because if it's if it's a good um, first step for for kids to get into that genre, then yeah, it's it's a smart thing to do. Next step, Diablo. Next step, Diablo. Yeah, I'll, I'll see them kids there in the year twenty thirty five playing it together. This is my first time too. Yeah. So um. It, it's I've been playing some stuff. Um, mm. One one of them's nothing nothing too new, uh, but I, I pivoted and started playing Apex Legends on the PlayStation Four this week. Oh. So I've I've jumped over to the console and I, I I've decided I'm gonna bring back my Australian based uh, PSN. It used to be Dirk Diggler, but I've really? renamed it. It's now it's now just Bren Eight Bit. So I've sort of started a fresh build on there. Started from level one on apex legends on the ps4 and my god it is so much easier on the console than on the pc like 
my, my KD at the moment, I think it's like 2.1 or something or rather. Don't like tell console yeah. players that. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it's easy. Full disclosure, like I've been on the other side and, and I've, I'm back. I've crossed the, <laughs> crossed the picket line and, and playing on the PlayStation. And yeah, you just notice the differences. Like there's still some really good players that are far, far oh, better than me in this game. But like for the most part, you just watch the, the speed reaction differences and just the the ability to aim and snap to a position and things like that when you're versing some of these people like there's times where i'd be if i was on the pc I'd be like yeah i'd be dead right now but instead i've knocked that person down and now i've just knocked his friend down because their aim and their speed is so bad so it's it's been feeling pretty good going back to this and actually sort of you know Maybe. performing good far far more than performing badly yeah maybe because yeah, i did install it onto the xbox just because like i'd been playing the xbox recently so i was thinking about playing apex on the xbox so. i got it on that too so Ooh. yeah yeah i've got it on all three platforms ready to roll so if you want to play it on there maybe. that's fine by me too maybe yeah. yeah but it's it's still i'm still really enjoying it like i'm loving the the map changes that have come with season five i'm loving sort of these little quests that have they've weaved into the storyline with loba that you can go engage in during the the game as well and it's just it's yeah it's one of my favorite shooters from the past several years and, and the hooks are firmly sunk in <laughs> but um some other hooks that i've been trying to avoid is the hooks of uh evil fishermen because i've been playing man eater oh. this past week so uh it released on the playstation 4 and the xbox one it's coming to to the nintendo's nintendo, nintendo switch down the line as well but yeah what a what a bizarre game this is ah. so it's like a they, they describe it as an action role-playing game Okay. Um, the role you play is that of a shark. So anyone that's seen Jaws for the Revenge would know the plot line pretty well. You know, Mama Jaws gets killed. Baby mum, like baby Jaws then decides to seek revenge on everyone that's killed Mama Jaws. So yeah, the, the game starts and you're sort of this adult, this adult female bull shark. Uh, she gets captured and gutted by this, uh, by this sort of lead guy that you're versing throughout the whole thing, uh, whose name is Scaly Pete. Uh, so he's sort of the the main nemesis in this, and he he kills your mum, cuts cuts sort of the your mum's shark belly open, sees that you're the little baby shark in there, pulls the baby shark out. Uh, baby shark takes Scaly Pete's arm, he throws it into the water, and he like you know puts his, cuts it with the knife. As you get tossed in the water, because like when you get bigger, you know I know I'm going to get you and whatever else. So then it's just this this revenge game where you're playing this shark and yeah, you work your way from little baby bull shark and you level up and you get to like a teen size and adult size and you get all these other other abilities and and the end game is you actually end up becoming a, a, a megalodon, obviously oh. the the extinct giant super shark from the prehistoric days. Uh, but yeah, open world, there's seven regions that you cruise around in. They've got their own Apex Legends, uh, Apex Predators, sorry. In, um... <laughs> he really has its hooks on you. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 got its got its hooks firmly stuck in. But yeah, so, so you go up against things like alligators in certain regions, uh, whales and other sharks and things. And then there's also humans that are going to attack you and shoot at you. And it's just mindless, dumb fun. Like yeah. it's not a perfect game by any means. Very repetitive. Like it's swim here, eat all these types of fish to do that bit of quest or swim there kill 10 humans go to the next part 
um, then fight these certain shark hunters. There's, I think there was nine. There's nine sort of sub bosses, and then obviously Scaly Pete's the the final one that you want to want to take down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's bananas. It's it's arcadey as hell. Like this shark can jump out of the water. It can sort of survive on land for a little bit while, and then if you eat humans on land it's going to replenish your health so you could hypothetically stay on land forever if there's enough humans around for you to to attack so you sort of this shark like you know jumping around on its guts across the beach chewing on someone jumping over there jumping up some steps like it's just crazy just chaotic fun this game there's just no real substance to it no and i'm actually genuinely impressed with how much i've seen uh, advertising wise for this game like i've seen a lot of people stream it push it play it um to me like like i kind of said to you is it like is it just a meme game like because that's what it feels like it feels like someone went yeah like what happens if you're just a shark and you're eating everyone and then that was as far as they went like like like, and the fact that you turn into a megalodon and yeah yeah i I don't know anything about shark anatomy, but is that how sharks give birth? <laughs> they 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 give birth to uh to live to live babies. Like they they carry them full term in their stomach. There is um, is it a, I can't remember if it's a, like a zebra shark or something. There is one shark that lays eggs. Um, it's it's sort of that spotted. Is it a spotted zebra shark? Anyway, it's it's sort of one that's maybe about a meter long and it's like a tan color with spots and things. Or is it a leopard shark? Whatever, whatever. But they, they, they actually um, lay eggs, but most of them, yeah, give birth to live young. Just now have this really gross picture of a baby shark coming out of a mum shark. Wow. Mm. I've learned something today. Um, I don't know if I'd play this. I saw it. I'm like, oh, that looks funny, but I don't think that I'll jump on that one. Yeah, and it's sixty bucks Australian. Like oh. so like that's from the, the, the PlayStation or the, the Microsoft store. Mm. So you could get it for probably forty bucks out in the wild. I'm I'm assuming. Um, I I couldn't have been asked going to the shop, so I actually dropped sixty bucks on it just to to give it a crack. Uh, knowing now what I've experienced, like I've probably played four hours. That's pretty worth. good. So I've had a had a good chunk. I haven't finished it uh, yet or anything like that because it does the degree of difficulty does spike at times. Mm. Like um, you're cruising around as as this little teen bull shark once once you get past the baby stage then you pivot into adulthood and things but some of the the other um alpha predators that are in the water with you like some of these alligators and whales and stuff you come across them without knowing that you're sort of going into certain areas and they'd be like 10 times as high as your level and stuff so these things can like chop you down in a, in a couple of hits so oh, just... you can get killed very easily in this game and and uh, you got to go to the the grotto. I should say that's sort of like your little safe spot. It's like a little hub underground. In in each of these realms, there's one of these grottos that you go in and you can save and level up and use your points from from killing people and animals to to improve your your abilities. There's no saving out in the wild outside of that. Oh. So because you got to traverse so much area, like it's sometimes like a kilometer to two kilometers worth of swimming to get to certain points. If you die along the way, straight back to the grotto. So you can spend 10, 15 minutes getting to a place and then you get one tapped and then you got to go all the way again. So it can be very disheartening. Yeah. And I just realized you just pointed out. So you go, if you're going against whales, then is there a lot of um, like, like big areas of open ocean that you're like, just 
Yeah, no. Yeah, like like you start you start in sort of like the bayous and almost like <laughs> it's like freshwater rivers and streams and canals and yeah. stuff, but then you get into yep, yeah, open air like open water parts and a lot more sort of diverse areas. So yeah, it can be claustrophobic swimming through some of the tunnels and the tubes and things and whatnot but there is some some good variety in the environments but mm. yeah like this this is not a deep game like there's <laughs> there's there's not a story here that's going to make you cry make you cry can be pretty tense like because you you can eat anything in this game so like poor little turtles swimming around you're chomping mm. on them chomping them to bits eating them up random fish random people like it's very visceral too like there's bits of human and creature flying everyone you're chomping them up and it's very cinematic sometimes if you're sort of attacking something near the surface and your shark sort of breaches and it's doing spins in the air and blood and guts going <laughs> poof, poof, poof. like it's it's a it's an arcadey game that's for sure yeah like it's fun not worth 60 bucks six out of ten probably as sort of like a sort of shooting from the hip um, score line on it I and that might be being most, a bit generous that's your most common review score i think <laughs> 60 percent yeah i think yeah it is. i realized that when i sort of said it i'm like i think i that's my go-to it's either it's going to be really great or it's a six <laughs> yeah it's either really great or it's really shit or it's a six <laughs> like- yeah yeah that's that's my that's my scale that I, I just live off some for some reason but like it'd be cool like it'd be perfect for the switch so it's a shame that it's not out on release like on may 22nd when this thing dropped on the switch mm. but it, it would be perfect for the switch not for 60 bucks but for 20, 30 bucks as a little handheld on the go, I'm just going to eat some stuff and wreak havoc. Awesome. And it's cool. Like it's, they've got some narration in it. Like it sort of weaves in this in-game reality TV show called Man Eaters vs. Shark Hunters. And uh, Chris Parnell does the voice work. Oh, Um, really? Yeah. So, so he's, he's constantly weighing in and, and throwing random factoids about sharks and, and you know their prey and and things like that so you sort of weave in this hilarity with real world facts with this gritty dumb uh reality tv show layer on top of it as well like it's it's pretty fun and uh yeah it's just just dumb just dumb shark goodness like picture shark week mixed with mountain dew or something and that's what this game is put that on the box art that sounds like a perfect review yeah six out of ten Shark wheat meets Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's me. Uh, I just want to, I want to shout out to everyone. Um, I don't know. Is HBO Max um, available in Australia? I don't know. I don't okay. know. Have, have a talk and I'll do a quick Google at the same time. Well, uh, HBO Max just became available and I just want to say that, bless it. Like I didn't realize how much it was going to entail of like providing other like networks content, but they actually have a section of um, adult swim and I have just been binge watching Metalocalypse. <laughs> I thought you were going to say adult movies and I'm like, wow. Okay. Well, well. HBO Skinamax. <laughs> <laughs> That's always been there. Um, no, but adult swim. I've always found hard to like kind of get certain shows available just to stream at my leisure. So it's been really good to catch up back on uh, Metalocalypse. You've been binging Metalocalypse. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch that so much back in the day, but my DVDs are back in Australia. So I just uh, the episode I always go back to with that show is where they're recording the album in Mariana's trench. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I think of when I think of that show. 
I mean, like the first episode with like the coffee jingle is just like iconic in itself. Like I like I just like forgot that they had like the logo where it's like this little old man like holding like, you know, and he's in like a really like Mr. Rogers kind of sweater. And then they show you what it turned into. And he's in like this like S&M kind of like, like, like studded like <laughs> black, like, yeah. So I don't know. It's It's definitely not a show for everyone. Because it's like definitely a very specific audience. Like you don't have to be into metal to enjoy it, but I could see how maybe just too much metal, and it's pretty vulgar too, pretty yeah. graphic. Yeah, but. sadly, um, us here in the AU will not be experiencing HBO Max oh. anywhere in the near future. Obviously, uh, the the way you'd get your HBO content over here in in Australia is through Foxtel. So. Ugh. Uh, you'd have to have a, a Foxtel Go, Foxtel Now, or Bounce, uh, a Binge. Sorry, is their streaming service they've just released. So maybe that's their, that's their oh, HBO maybe. Max equivalent here. I haven't checked out checked it out yet, but apparently it's good. It's ten bucks. So I'm probably going to pivot off Foxtel on or Foxtel Go onto uh, this Binge because it's going to save me about thirty bucks a month that I'm paying for Foxtel Go. So Foxtel's a waste. Such oh, it really a is. Damn waste. It really is. And I finished Westworld season three, and that was about the only thing I was using Foxtel for at the moment. So, uh, yeah, Foxtel, you're out, mate. See you later. You're out. But HBO Max for anyone not in the AU <laughs> and the NZs, <laughs> give it a look if you're in the US. Just totally rubber like, stamp. <laughs> talk, talk about how awesome it is, only to say you in Australia cannot have it. I'll we enjoy cannot. it. Sorry, guys. But that's like, um, what was that DC streaming service? We don't get DC that over Universe. here as well. Yeah, cause, DC Universe, yeah, um, we don't get that. Carly, the Harley Quinn cartoon, the animated series, it's in its second season. So yeah, I still haven't watched good. an episode of it. It's so good. I asked Benny how he's getting a hold of it, so he's watching it too. So. He's got some some VPN action going on, I reckon. He's, oh, he's using Tunnel Bear or something probably. and popping up in Poland. <laughs> probably. That's really good. Honestly, like, if you can get your hands on it, watch it. It's just really, really good. Yeah. I'm, I'm keen to check it out because, yeah, it's getting a lot of positive reviews and, and obviously coming from you as well. You're one of the uh, the, the DC uh, knowledge hubs that I, I sort of listen to when uh, mm. getting the praise from you because you've been pretty pretty cut and dry on other dc uh avenues that they've explored and, and films and what have you so i'm oh, yeah, sorry it's, it's i'm totally gonna like sidetrack again before we get into the news i've got to confess like you know how they've announced now the snyder cut is going to be released yeah that's going to probably be the way that i first watched that movie so let's hope it's good <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm extremely jealous because if it is going to be like it makes me wonder because they're saying it's going to cost them in excess of thirty million US dollars yeah. to to reshoot and and do fresh voice work and things to get the the Schneider cut the way it's meant to be. Mm. But it's going to be so funny if it's still just a turd of a movie after all this. Like, yeah. But I'm I'm curious to see what the vision was, and then obviously now they've got the Suicide Squad. They released the Aya cut that's going to come out now. Do and it. All these things. Do it. I want that. As a person that is okay with Suicide Squad, I would love to see a different version of it. See. Yeah, I want to see actual Joker be something <laughs> in in it actually, and actually have some relevance. Yeah, this doesn't matter how you know how you cut it or how you direct it or what version of it is. He'll always have those stupid fucking tattoos on him. So. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they'll think of that. Obviously, they went yeah, gangster alternative slipknot fanboy but 
yeah, I don't know. The movie can't be any worse. I'm assuming with these additional scenes that may or may not happen with the, the Aya cuts. And I wonder if this is going to become the new norm now. Just, you know, pick, pick it and protest and kick and scream until you get the, the version of the film you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, technically everything's a cut, but like, like what happens if it turns out to, like you said, like turns out to be shitter. Maybe it will shut everyone up. Laugh. They'll be like, you know what? Yeah. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> disregard I'm, I'm i'm moving over here now i'm gonna go wait for the uh confirmed sequel to sonic the hedgehog 2 that is uh in the works now as well really? did you see that no yeah they've confirmed they're making a second one i haven't seen the first yet because i was saving it for that shitty 4d cinema experience and now that's not gonna happen anytime soon mm. yeah <sighs> yeah but no second one is is uh in development they confirmed it i think just yesterday or the day before so yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was running its way into a cinema near you, uh, I'm guessing, in the next two, three years. Maybe even a lot of cinema, the way things are going. Mm, streaming services, mm. straight off the bat, which I love. You know, I know we're sort of completely off track here and out in the weeds, but I love that some of these uh, film companies are allowing you to, to sort of uh, pay and download and watch directly in your home as opposed to going the cinema route. Like, go that option with... with most films i think give people a choice yeah i think it's um i think it's a good idea like there's definitely a lot of movies although i feel like that is the only time i do go to the cinema when i actually say i want to see this on the big screen because i feel like it should be seen on a big screen and that's the only time i will go see a movie so give yeah, having that I'd option see, i like going to the movies because the pop like even though i can make the exact same popcorn at home you literally have I've a got machine. all the butters and the oils <laughs> and the machine but I think I just like going there and buying a big bucket, not having to worry about the cleanup and all the other fluff. So, what are you doing with your popcorn? I don't know. I'm just lazy sometimes. <laughs> I, I like I like the not really. It's not, you don't get pampered at the cinemas, but the big couch and yeah, the big screen, the big sound, the recliner. I love the chair. the Dolby, yeah, and the Dolby Atmos like deep drop at the end of it where it sounds like like the brown note almost. <laughs> like I just those little Turn things. Turn it up. I miss the brown notes. <laughs> you miss the brown notes. Oh, yeah. Six out of mm. ten. Yeah. Six out of ten. Hopefully this next part is much higher than six out of ten. iTunes review of the week. And it's actually five out of five stars. Nice. So uh much better than six out of ten, which would translate roughly to um How's my maths right now? Three out of five. I'm like, <laughs> what does this translate to? Oh, make sure you edit in the uh, Jeopardy music in there. <laughs> oh yeah, I would have failed big time. Like I had that like uh, that meme where you see the the sort of bald man with the question, uh, his eyes are bulging. Uh, that was me just now trying to work out what is uh what is three five stars out of out of ten. God. Anyway, I apologize deeply to iTunes reviewer Four Walls who gives us five stars on the Apple podcasts or the iTunes charts. And <laughs> the review headline reads, Game Show Madness. Love the Hungry Game Show concept and can't wait for future episodes. Maybe bringing in two competitors to go up against one another on the one game, Ooh. question mark. So uh, Four Walls, I think you sort of peeked into the future here because... Uh, yeah, we may have to do something in the near future based off some potential results in the competition if we have joint leaders and things. So uh, we may mix up the formula uh, for anyone that hasn't checked out the Hungry Game Show. 
what are you doing first and foremost? But secondly, <laughs> it is yeah usually one person going against the singular game. But maybe we will mix up that formula in the in the near future and bring in a couple of competitors to make it more uh, more Jeopardy like or game show like and have them sort of buzz in to try and guess the right answers as opposed to just a one on one. So mm. yeah. Yeah. What do you reckon you think there's some merit there? I definitely think so. But like having my episode already done, like just the sheer amount of sweat that I uh, went through just to be against essentially myself. Um, I just realized that whole statement just sounded really, really <laughs> gross. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> uh, we're in fine form today. Oh, this is a great episode. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't want to experience um the pressure of like having to verse someone else so um especially finding someone else that knew Sandrine Kinkura yeah that's and that's going to be the tough part finding a common ground like mm. if we're bringing in multiple competitors finding a game that they all feel confident on performing adequately well at mm. in a trivia trivia landscape so that's going to be the uh the, the tell uh but yeah episode three of the Hungry Game Show is available now via early access over at patreon.com forward slash we are 8-bit and it will release in full this coming week. Uh, it starred Jack Cruz and he uh, took on Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Mm-hmm. So yeah, three episodes in the pipe. They are obviously on this same RSS feed that you are listening to The Hungry Gamers on. So uh, be sure to go check those episodes out if you have given them a miss for now uh, because they're good fun and uh, yeah, gets the uh, the heart racing and the, the sweat pouring um miss ali can confirm that and even cruzy the other day similar similar lines of thought he was talking about how stressed he was and how sweaty he was getting with uh with this game show so um yeah it's it's good fun and really enjoying it and uh yeah had some had some good fun brought in a heap of different new sound bites this past week just trying to mix it up and have a bit a bit of fun with it so uh yeah but now send us some feedback on it because yeah it's still early days and want to shape it and sort of perfect perfect that secret source. So if you've got feedback, good, bad, or otherwise, hit me up on the socials at Brendan8bit or even drop me an email, uh, brendan at 8bit.net or hello at 8bit.net if you want to hit us all as a blanket email uh, with your praise. But yeah, Four Walls, thank you for that fantastic review. Those reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. Obviously, it only takes a little bit of time to do that, but it means an awful, awful lot. So be sure to rate, review, subscribe us as well as all the podcasts in the hashtag 8 Collective and all the podcasts out there you're listening to on the daily because, yeah, it's our lifeblood, baby. So, uh, yeah, keep those ratings and reviews coming on in. We'll be sure to get through every single one of those before this show closes its doors forever in 2055. Damn, we got a life. Just FYI, we're, we're going for another 35 years. So we're, we're going to be podcasting in our 60s. If we're still alive because we're old and creaky and sore yeah, now. So it could say. be... We're just going to be like AI brains in a jar that are connected to some synapses machine that reads our thoughts for it. If it stops the back pain, I'm all for it. Amen. Amen. Uh, another little quick bit of housekeeping. Obviously, 8bit.net, 8bitnation.net, shop 8bit.net. Obviously, they're the hubs to find us on. Uh, there's some new merchandise over at shop8bit.net. Uh, just chuck some nice uh, bucket hats up there and also some sort of uh, retro Denimy wash style caps. I don't know if that's the way you describe them. Wouldn't fit on a label. Yeah, I'd, <laughs> clearly, clearly the technical term. But think of like a, a vintage sort of stone wash cap mm-hmm. in that sort of color. 
I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm clearly selling the product. Go buy 20 of them right now. But <laughs> they look good. Uh, they look fantastic. Obviously, uh, there's a whole slew of t-shirts and hoodies and socks and thongs and you name it, it's on there. Like the store is is burgeoning with with success and quality there. So head on over to shopapit.net to get yourself some gear there. When you're done getting yourself some sweet merch, obviously Audio Technica, they are the sponsors here at 8-Bit and the sponsors here at The Hungry Gamers. Be sure to pick up some headphones, microphones, gaming headsets, turntables. They've got anything you need from the audio spectrum, whether you want to get into content creation or if you just want to be listening to The Hungry Gamers in the best way possible, get yourself some sweet phones to make that happen. So audiotechnica.com, audiotechnica.com.au or at audiotechnica.au on the socials. But yeah, that's been the housekeeping. Shall we move into some news? Let's. This week's news headlines. And the first bit of news, it's uh, going to be spoken with a very heavy heart. And uh, the headline, Skyrim grandma Shirley Curry scales back to reduce stress. This comes via way of Alex Kane at Forbes.com. Frustrated with the parasocial relationships that come with the YouTuber lifestyle, famed Skyrim grandma Shirley Curry has decided to scale back her output. As pointed out by P- PC Game N's Dustin Bailey, the 84-year-old content creator has taken the last several weeks off. In a vlog uploaded on May 2nd, Curry explains that she simply can't keep up with her usual schedule, saying she intends to interact with commenters far less frequently going forward. It's not going to be a happy video, but there's some things that I'm going to have to say, Curry says in the video. My health isn't very good. My blood pressure is going insane. My stress level is way too high, and I'm going to have to take control of it. Among her frustrations are comments telling her how she ought to play or how to play better or games she might enjoy instead of Skyrim. I look at all the games. I'm a gamer, she says. If I want to play them, I would be playing them. And when I tell somebody no, that's a simple answer. Easily understood. She even goes so far as to implore folks who don't enjoy her her style of play to look elsewhere. She also cites a bugged quest line, which has forced her to abandon a character mid-playthrough and end one of her ongoing roleplay stories prematurely. I know that I shouldn't let these things stress me out, but they do. They're just, uh, that's just the way it is. From now on, I'll respond to very, very few comments. I'll be deleting a lot, Curry says. I feel like I'm under a microscope all the time. I have much more fun and I play much better when I'm just playing by myself. Mm. This is very sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, at first I was like, how? crueler people to this poor old lady who just enjoys a game but then in retrospect i was just like you know what this is how people create like treat all content creators so yeah like i think regardless of age like it's just like it's pretty pathetic Mm -hmm. (laughs) pretty pathetic like um like for her like she obviously got her fame because of like just the uniqueness of a like an older lady playing like a popular game like Skyrim and you know providing content for people to consume and I remember seeing a few videos about her and just you know she's very sweet and you know you can see how excited she gets to play Skyrim and I could see why you know she would just be you know a preference of Skyrim I know that I've played way too much of it um so like it just has its longevity for her and it's a beautiful game um, with great, you know, fantasy elements to it. So the fact that she's kind of been deterred due to people consuming her content and just making her feel like stressed out sucks. Yeah, like um what you sort of were saying at the start there, this this is just 
content creation in a bubble really mm-hmm. isn't it like the content creator has has full control over what they want to be putting out what they want to be playing but all the backseat gamers and fans and friends and anyone else you want to sort of typecast them as you know for the most part they've got their own opinions and they like to have their own opinions heard so it's mm-hmm. yeah play this better do this um you can do that to achieve x y why don't you play this instead why aren't you playing something else like you know there's all these opinions and it can get very suffocating like um i, I sort of we we did some um some streaming for a hot second and it can be tough hearing those things all the time it's like why aren't you playing that why, yeah. why aren't you doing this stream like we come here to watch you play this why are you playing that it's like well because i don't fucking want to play that mate like yeah. you know i want to enjoy what i'm doing here and it just hurts seeing this this 84 year old sweetheart have the fun and enjoyment sucked out of a game she clearly loved for years due to these people constantly chirping on with suggestions and recommendations and questioning what she's doing like um, yeah. You know, when she's saying her health's not very good, her blood pressure's high, her stress level's high, like that's that's devastating. And at her age, like obviously she's got to take care of herself. Like oh, yeah. that can lead to some some serious serious trouble. So yeah, it's it's just a shame, but it's just the world we live in. You yeah. know, this this instant direct touch, yeah. like it's great in a lot of regards. But then you see things like this where. Yeah, maybe maybe a lot of this does come from a good place about like here's a pointer to improve your gameplay, but hearing it 75 times a day, it's going to weigh you down because it's like, oh, I'm clearly it must be shit then. Like mm. I'm not good, so why am I playing this? Because you got all this feedback all the time. Like it just gets too much. Yeah, and I'm going to say that there's definitely like a kind of like also like maybe a different line where because I'm assuming like with the content that she makes, she's obviously just making it for the fun of it. But then on the other side where there's content creators and like Twitch streamers and everything like that, where some of them maybe have like an income that is dependent on what they make and what they create. And like, I know that like a few people, a few streamers anyway, where, you know, they've played the same kind of game and they wanted to try something new or something different and they will either like lose a lot of viewers and subscribers, but then they get miserable because they're like, I'm done playing that game. I don't find that game fun anymore. But if I don't play that game, I lose my <laughs> audience. Yeah, I can't pay my bills. Can't pay my bills, exactly. So it's such a it's such a weird thing to think about, to be honest, like being stuck playing a certain type of game because that's your audience. Although, I mean, some streamers, like I know that some Destiny streamers have now moved on to like, like Fortnite, um, maybe even like Warzone. Um, mm. And they've found maybe like a like a second wind in viewers, so it's just it's it's very risky turf. Like especially with people that you know want to delegate what is the game that should be played. So hundred percent, and then how it should be played. Like oh, yeah. you know, like we we love video games, but I don't think there's a game that I could hypothetically say I'm going to play this five days a week, sixty hours a week for the next several years because you know I'm going to be the streamer known as xy game mm. you know, there's nothing that i've played like there's a ton of games i absolutely love and adore but the thought of playing the same game every day for prolonged periods of time for years to make an income terrifies me like i couldn't think of anything worse than it it just sucks the fun out yeah. of gaming for me i don't know how i honestly don't know how some people do it because you'd have to get to a stage where you'd hate the game yeah like like pretty quickly <laughs> yeah like like ryan or, or panda tv he plays 
World of Warcraft, 60 plus hours a week, every week and has for the past, I don't know, 10 years. Yeah. He's done a lot for the community as well. Yeah. Like he's been so into it as well. Yeah. But just to maintain that same level of interest in that game, like obviously, yes, there's expansions and improvements to that game, but at the base, the core is the same. The The gameplay loop doesn't change that much. So, you know, like power to people like that, that can, that can find enough enjoyment and persist with playing that same title over and over and over. But it's just, just not for me. Mm. So Just not for me. For those that love to play the same game over again, like more power to you. Um, and for people that want to try and change people's minds and tell them what they should and shouldn't be playing, maybe just go find your content elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, like like no one really likes a backseat driver or a backseat mm. gamer as it's known as in this one. Like, yeah. yep, your feedback uh, is, is appreciated, uh, but you don't need to be ramming it down someone's throat repeatedly, you know, just... just make your suggestion that's it you don't need to re-emphasize because they haven't acknowledged it to your liking in the chat or in the comment section just just be mindful because it does wear on on content creators mental health and you know as evidenced here by by poor old shirley so yeah just be just be just be mindful of what you're doing especially with the with the climate at the moment people are stressed enough oh, yeah. without having those extra two cents piled on and piled on and piled on so yeah but in a positive spin, uh, this article comes via way of Steve Watts at GameSpot. A massive group of independent developers and publishers presented a showcase of games with chill vibes this past week. Not to be confused with Nintendo Direct, this presentation was based on the Wholesome Games community on Twitter. The focus of the community is to highlight games that are low stress and contain little violence and promote positive themes and representations of marginalized groups. The Wholesome Direct presentation showed off over a half an hour of footage consisting of new and upcoming games. So I didn't even know this occurred. You sort of got me onto this one yeah. uh, yesterday and I managed to, uh, full disclosure, watch about half of the, the 37 or so minutes uh, runtime of the video, but I'm liking what they're doing. Mm. Uh, did you want to sort of throw some notables or anything that sort of caught your eye during this whole uh wholesome wholesome direct yeah uh, presentation definitely. like the reason why this one caught my attention is that i am finding myself like getting more um like like absorbing more content of like indie gamers and indie developers because i just feel like you know they're always churning out such unique games so luckily um this like wholesome direct was brought to my attention and first of all full kudos to them because like it was such a good presentation where it didn't go on for ages it was packed with content and information, but like it just had such a good flow to it where I didn't feel like I was like suffocated. Mm, um, 55 games in yeah, over 30 minutes. Like yeah. it was just bam, 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 bam. Like I haven't watched the full 30, but for that first half I've seen it was, yeah, cracking pace. Yeah. So like, and I think it comes down to that whole thing where it's like, if you have like, even if you have a few moments just to present something, you know, Give the audience a little snippet of something, give them the title, and if they're interested, they'll go looking for it. So, um, which kind of is kind of what like I did. Um, one of the games that I'm absolutely excited to play, it's called like Ooblets, where um, you know, you, you you're like creating these like little ooblet friends, which are these little like 
characters like it's hard to explain because like some of them like look like corn look like mushrooms just look like blobs and they like follow you around and you walk around towns and other people will have their ooblets so um i think that one is coming out this year so far i don't know if it actually has a release date but um it was kind of cute um there was another one i think a lot of people may have actually seen this either nintendo direct or e3 i can't remember but it's called spirit Fairer. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. You're kind of helping the spirits of like, like animals to, you know, pass on through to the afterlife. I don't know if I could play this one because I know I will freaking cry. I just feel like I'm always going to cry in this game. So I'm, I'm and I think that (laughs) from what I can see from the, the games they've showcased and what I watched in the, uh, the presentation is a lot of these have some, some heavy emotional hooks, whether it be you know you're going to feel a, a strong sense of joy and and you know happiness you know that you're going to feel something playing all these like um mm. there's there's games it was i think it was calico was one that i saw there where mm-hmm. you you're rebuilding the town's cat cafe like yeah. just random things like that, <laughs> that mondo strange mondo museum was one that stood out to me because it's it's a world builder where obviously you're building a museum and mm-hmm. putting your your sort of uh, fossils and pieces around the joints i'm like oh hello sailor um hoa <laughs> I think you pronounce it or hua, which yeah, is sort I didn't of, know uh, how to pronounce that one. It was a hand painted one, very very Ghibli esque. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm um I'm certainly looking into that. Kiwi was another one where it's like a a co op puzzler game where you're playing as um, <laughs> two two small kiwi birds. Yeah. Like I'm like, fair enough. Okay, I'll I'll give that a go. Run around this office. Yeah. Um. There was another cute little game called uh, Little Witch in the Woods. And oh, that one looked cute. Yeah, it looks adorable. Um, I think it's by um, a team in Korea as well. Um, and it just looked very, very sweet where you're like this cute little bubbly little like bit like animated witch and you're just like grabbing ingredients and creating potions and stuff like that. It's very, very adorable. Um, I do recommend if anyone did miss it, just like just look it up. Um, there's a lot of great games mixed up in there. Um, mm. It's just um, on YouTube. So just look for yeah, the whole, we'll chuck, wholesome we'll chuck the link to it in the show notes for the pod. So just check the check the show notes as you're listening. Click mm. that link and it'll route you straight to YouTube to check it out. Yeah. Um, it, like it's just, it was a really good mashup of all different types and styles of games and just like a lot of like indie developers just showing mm. what they've got. And um, yeah, it looks really good. I hope to see like more of this in the future. Are you a bit sad that Skatebird's been pushed to 2021? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that was at the end when they were like um showing trailers for the next year and so and um yeah escape bird was in there and i'm like damn it <laughs> yeah one, one of the other games that i thought was interesting do you, do you remember unpacking which was like a, a oh, puzzle yeah. game where you got to move your possessions in and out of boxes and fit them into your house like yeah. it's so dumb but i'm like fuck i'd be all about this i'd be i'd be playing the hell out of this when it comes out like this year oh yeah next year sorry 2021 yeah i did kind of like at first i was like what the hell is this and then it was just like i'm like no i can see me really enjoying this type of games <laughs> um and there was another one that was just looked graphically good which was called um haven haven looked mm-hmm. really nice as well so yeah check it yeah, out haven that was like the um plays like two lovers or something right sort of um, had a bit of an anime style yes. to the character models themselves yeah it looked very like yeah anime inspired oh and 
old do- old friend's dog sanctuary. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I think it's just about like old dogs. Like you're in a sanctuary where old dogs, you know, spend their time. Probably another nice. one where I'll cry. But uh... <laughs> on the topic of old people, the other one I had on my notes here was later daters, where you're like this old person <laughs> that's just rocked up to this <laughs> retirement community. <laughs> I'm like, I'll play this. I'll be some old man in a retirement community playing Yahtzee and bingo and whatever else. Like, sum me up. Yeah. Uh, there's, like I said, there's just like a whole bunch of different games out there. There's a whole bunch that we still haven't mentioned. So, um, I like I said, check out the, uh, the direct. It's really good. 100%. But yeah, 55 games, 30-odd minute runtime. So, yeah, just take some time out of the day, give it a look. I'd say there's going to be a good portion of these that'll be perfect for the Nintendo Switch. Like oh, yeah. So many of these games just look like little little indie gems waiting to be taken taken on the go with the Switch. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we see more of these because it was, was nice to watch. And, mm-hmm. and shout out to the Wholesome Games community for putting this thing together. Like, very well done, as you said. It didn't overstay its welcome. Really, really tight. Just got all the right amounts of gameplay and hit all the all the right beats with mixing in um, voiceover work from presenters and and sort of doing little interviews with with developers. It was it was really really well done. Mm. Mm. Yeah, something else that uh, occurred this week: uh, casting news. Obviously, uh, the headline: Kate Blanchett cast an Eli Roth's Borderlands movie adaptation. This comes via where Matt Wales at Eurogamer. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Blanchett, whose credits include the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Thor Ragnarok, and Roth's 2018 adaptation of The House with the Clock on Its Walls, will play as Lilith, described as a siren and legendary thief equipped with magical skills. Borderlands fans will perhaps know Lilith as one of the original game's four playable characters, but she's made frequent return visits to the series since then, appearing as an NPC in Borderlands 2, the pre-sequel, and Borderlands 3. A film adaptation of Gearbox's post-apocalyptic comedy shooter was first announced all the way back in 2015, but it appeared to be stuck in development limbo until Hostel director Roth's involvement was revealed earlier this year. Confirmation that Blanchett will star as Lilith marks the first bit of casting news for the project, and it's an unexpectedly strong start. Eli Roth will be directing the Borderlands movie from a script by Craig Mazin, who is the creator of TV series Chernobyl, with Avi Arad and Ari Arad producing alongside Eric Feig. So, this is a this is a pretty big get. Kate mm. uh, Blanchett, you know, she's no slouch. She's a she's a hell of an actress. Got a lot of acting chops. One thing, like, I don't know if it's rude of me to say, but too like, old. I, I, yeah, yeah, I was just about to say that. I'm like, she feels like she's a bit too old to play Lilith. Like, obviously, she's she's a woman in her forties now. She looks great, but yeah. like Lilith in the games feels like she's a twenty something. Oh no. I I I think like, Lilith is like late like 20s? Her, yeah, like maybe in her 30s. Like I get a very like like an aged educated vibe from that mm-hmm. character. So, but yeah, like I think Blanchett is like 50. Yeah. Like she still looks oh, great. Like she, she was she fantastic as Hella in, yeah. in Ragnarok. The house with the clock in its walls. Very underrated gem. Um, really? very very goosebumps vibe to it if you wanted to sort of compare it to something that sort of similar tone, uh, sort of like that uh, comedy horror or, or sort of like a, uh, you know early adult teen sort of horror vibe to it where kids can watch it and adults can watch it and take something out of it. Mm. But yeah, this is interesting. It's weird. I'm trying to think if I've seen her doing comedy. Like I know Thor Ragnarok had comedy throughout it, but I don't think she was like 
like i don't think she provided any comedy nah she she was pretty deadpan as hella like obviously yeah, she was great <laughs> but i just don't think yeah i don't think she was like like bringing the laughs so and the other thing here is that having the creator of the tv series of chernobyl being mm. attached to the script is this going to be a funny sh- movie or is it going to be serious and dark like yeah what's what's the tone gonna be yeah because <laughs> if it's the serious and dark one then i can understand having her um like having blanchett attached because i think she could but i don't know maybe maybe they are going for like a very serious dark gruesome kind of vibe and then just hoping like a few other characters or actors will come in and bring the laughs amongst it yeah, like like thinking back through my experiences with Borderlands, like I typically did always play the siren, so I got to got to know Lilith pretty well from from the first sort of entry and whatever else, but mm. I don't remember her being like a, a very comedic character. She was sort of pretty pretty straight and narrow from my memory. Like I'm not saying that with mm. complete certainty. Like there was some jokes here and there, but it was more dry, I think. Yeah, she line. was very like very dry, sassy, sarcastic. Like she would have a few good one-liners. It's usually if she was like putting someone down, um, but you know she wasn't on the same like you know hilarity yeah, scale. She's no with tiny Tina. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, I can see Blanchett playing a sassy character, but yeah, yeah the age thing and. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's mean to say, but that's the first thing that came to mind. Like, hell of an actress, but I thought, yeah, she was just too old for the casting. Hell of an actress, and she actually looks really, really good for her age. But in contrast to this character, like, there's a lot of movement. There's a, like, I don't know. We, we obviously still have no idea where he's going in the direction of this film. So I guess only time will tell. Yeah, because Roth... He's he's very varied in his in his films. Like obviously, mm. think back of the ones that sort of first put him out with like Hostel and stuff. Like, I love that movie. Oh yeah, it was. It made me scared to travel for a good long time. Like, <laughs> like I ain't ever going to Europe. Fuck Europe. It's not safe. They're gonna sell my organs. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm curious to see now that we've got this first sort of uh, casting announcement out out of out the way who we're going to see for the other three mm. lead vault hunters who we're going to see voicing claptrap things like that because uh, because yeah it's it's not a small actress like she's she's one of the the bigger names in hollywood like she's been around a long while and got a great reputation and, and going to bring a lot to the role but let's see who they're going to sort of fill this cast out with and if it's going to work yeah mm. scary very scary, but at least, at least there's some movement because yeah, I thought this movie was just never going to get made. It's I thought, yeah, Roth, Roth's attached, then he's probably going to leave. Like as these things seem to happen, you know, the turnstile of of writers and directors and producers that, that get thrown in and out of, of things like this. Like you look at the Uncharted film still, like what is it, seven seven people uh, attached to direct so yeah. far now? So Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. The world we live in. Yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. But uh, the, the second last bit of news that we thought we'd bring to the table today uh, highlights Outriders. And uh, there was a video that showed off its RPG shooter gameplay. And this comes via way of Igor Bonifacic at Engadget. Sorry, Igor, if I butchered that surname there, but I uh, did my best. So uh, following the reveal trailer they shared partway through February, Square Enix and People Can Fly have released new details on Outriders as part of a monthly broadcast series on the upcoming game. The broadcast provided a deep dive into Outrider systems detailing how its class, item, difficulty, user interface and progression mechanics will work. At the start of the video, we meet the Pyromancer, 
One of four playable classes that you'll be able to pick once Outriders comes out later this year. They're on a mission that takes place in a setting called the First City, you know, like the last city in Destiny. However, it turns out that the First City is not a player hub like its Destiny counterpart. Instead, countless Zerg-like creatures infest the city and they'll attempt to overwhelm you with the numbers as you try to work your way through the mission. When it comes to moment-to-moment gameplay, Outriders has more in common with Gears of War, Mass Effect, Andromeda than Destiny, which makes sense when you consider People Can Fly worked on Gears of War Judgment. You control your character from the third-person perspective and there's even cover you can get behind. Each class has access to eight abilities, three of which you can use at any one time by binding them to your controller. The most interesting aspect of the game People Can Fly showed was its world-tier difficulty system. If you play Diablo 3, much of this will sound familiar. When you first start playing Outriders, you'll begin at World Tier 1, and there are 15 such levels, and you'll progress up the ladder by earning experience separate from your character level. With each subsequent tier, the game's enemies will become stronger, but they'll also drop better weapons and equipment. Additionally, each, uh, each time you gain access to a new World Tier, Outriders will reward you with crafting materials, gear, or both. The catch is that you'll only earn world tier experience while playing at the highest difficulty level available to you. Moreover, if you die, your character will lose a percentage of their world tier experience they've earned up to that point. To succeed at the highest difficulty levels, you need to equip your character with the best possible gear. The game's difficulty will also scale relative to the number of people you're playing with so that you and your friends can't blitz through content. Towards the end of the stream, people can fly mention the game's in-game lore in-game lore glossary. The studio said all of Outrider's story would be on the disc. Clearly a dig at Destiny, which initially relegated its grimoire to a, web- a website you had to read outside of the game. The studio promised to share more about the game when it airs another gameplay stream in June. Outriders will come out this holiday season on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, as well as current generation consoles and PC. So this was a, about a 30-minute uh, jaunt that uh, People Can Fly put together. They mixed in gameplay with... Uh, developer commentary and just some general feedback on the game they're talking about this is going to be a monthly thing up to the release which i think is really cool but what was your initial feelings after watching this uh you know 20 odd minute uh session and seeing seeing um this this sort of character play its way through and um yeah what's your feeling well i you know they released that one picture where everyone just went uh yes destiny what is this this is destiny what is this picture you want to just copy destiny and i was like oh that's like it does it did look like it took a lot of inspiration from destiny so um seeing this like little trailer snippet now and that's why i love this article was just because of how many references to other games um eagle makes um but when watching through the gameplay which i, I gotta say it didn't look good didn't look anything special but i got mild destiny vibes i got division vibes um i got like mild borderlands anthem vibes like it's just like it looks like this like little love child of like a person who liked all that genre and just like put it together of like first person shooter adventure and yeah like just seeing what they had to offer at that stage on that like little video I'm not wowed or that keen at this stage. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit more positive than than you. Uh <laughs> I'm I'm with you with the the graphics like there's parts that look pretty cool and overall I think it looked all right. I agree with the the comparisons. It felt like a more arcade version of of Destiny meets The Division like the the combat was a lot more frenetic and 
Um, obviously, they showed the trickster as well, which is more of in your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just get in, do some damage, freeze time with your abilities. Like, I, I don't know why, but I got some Darksiders vibes to it just with the graphics. Like, it had a sort of mm. similar style and the character models as Darksiders, especially the enemies that they were showing. These... um zerg-like creatures as they <laughs> as they call them there with um yeah comparison number 65 that they weaved into that article there but i looked cool i like some of the things they did like just little things like being able to customize the ui to how you choose like if you want it muddled with everything you can do that if you only want to see your essentials you know your bullets and and stuff i like that you know they're, they're giving the the user that power um I like that it scales depending on not only your level and the world level, but how many people are in your party. So yeah, you can't just run roughshod with with an OP uh, member in your team and, and get them to power level you up through. I like that part of it. Um, I like the abilities. I, I like um, some of those. The, the trickster made me think of a few of the abilities that I ended up just spamming on the reg with like Mass Effect Andromeda, which it mentioned here, <laughs> uh, where it's sort of, you know, like... Um, like warping to an area, slowing time, and then using melee with these little blade blade swings. So it looks cool, uh, but I think this game, it seems like it's going to be very dependent on playing with people. Like it just didn't seem like that world. Like I know it was only 20 odd minutes, so it's sort of shoot from the hip mm. with a, with some opinions here for now, but it looks like a game that you're going to get a lot more out of it rolling with friends as opposed to rolling solo. Um but I liked their story. I liked that they were taking some little jabs at some of their other counterparts as saying that, you know, everything's on the disc. Um, yeah, it looks interesting. And I'm curious to see more when they when they tease these things for the next few months. It's From what I'm hearing and reading out there, it's going to be sort of looking to be available at launch of, of next gen. So maybe that's it might be one of those me. early purchases. Yeah, that's That's what shocked me the most because like they said that they're going to be doing these monthly these videos right mm. so I was like, okay, so it's probably gonna come out next year and it's like no this year I'm like, oh <laughs> unfortunately yeah. with my opinion of how it looked graphically I was like, well, you might want to start working on it um, yeah like <laughs> like the gameplay it was looks like it was all done off the Xbox just from the buttons that they were showing on screen so whether mm. that be on a on a um, Series X or on a One X, I don't know. Or maybe it's just a PC and they're playing it with controllers. I don't know. But yeah, it, it looks cool. I'm I'm intrigued. But yeah, I think it's going to be play with your friends. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be uh, you and three friends potentially or you and two friends. I don't know. They didn't go into those details and I haven't seen those details. But I just like the synergy with the classes where... Uh, using the trickster, you know, things like slowing time and then the pyromancer uses the fire ability. So you can just sort of really combine a la a division where you are mixing mixing your play style in with your squad mates to do the the most amount of damage to the enemy. So yeah, because some of them did look pretty spongy, just like the division. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, groan. Yeah, I don't want to be a negative Nancy. I just like sometimes when you see a lot of the same stuff it's hard to be um completely wowed or like convinced especially if you feel like you've seen it over and over again it's going to be interesting to see when they release because especially um on console launch um there's going to be a lot of quality games that are going to be releasing around that time so you're going to be competing with the best and trying to get like other people's attention so yeah yeah but now i'm 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 intrigued like uh 
yeah, online sort of shared world shooters and stuff are always always welcome in my <laughs> in my games library. And yeah, it looks like it's going to be fun. And if it is more arcadey, like sign me up for a bit of that, something a little bit different, a little bit more relaxed and and fun and frenetic. Because uh, obviously the way to heal in this game is to kill enemies, so it just keeps pushing you forward, pushing you forward. So it might have that pacing sort of like a Doom, where you are sort of trying to constantly be killing and, and executing to to keep your character alive so it's going to have a pretty quick swift pace i think which which will be nice yeah well um, prove me wrong we will see you don't have to wait too long uh, next next month or in a couple of days time which next month triggers we're going to see some more uh, outriders and, and see uh what's happening in their next little sort of development diary that they're popping out there hmm. all right the last bit of news uh we actually had to change this one on the fly because it was a done initially uh, as a bit of a uh, rumor mill that was circulating that uh, Sony were going to do a conference. And uh, yeah, overnight, uh, Sony has announced that a PlayStation 5 conference will be broadcast on Thursday, June the 4th at 1 p.m. Pacific. Uh, so that is going to be at early, early mornings on Friday for here in, in the AU, but mm. uh, normal times for the rest of the world. So uh, yeah, this Thursday slash Friday, depending you are where you are in the globe, uh, get excited because uh, this was confirmed on the PlayStation blog. The show will last around an hour and will be the first in a series of updates. As you might expect, we'll be seeing PlayStation 5 games shown off at the event. Sony hasn't specifically said that we'll see the PlayStation 5 unit itself though. On the PlayStation blog, play, uh, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan said, the games coming to PS5 represent the best in the industry from innovative studios that span the globe. Studios both larger and smaller, those newer and those more established all have been hard at work developing games that will showcase the potential of the hardware. Speaking to the BBC, Ryan added that the show will attempt to translate some of the excitement of Sony's previous keynotes for an at-home audience. Normally, you would be in Los Angeles in some auditorium with 2,000 other people. You'll be able to cut, you'll be able to cut the adrenaline and the testosterone with a knife. What a line. <laughs> We've got to find a way to do that and give the community little uh, and give the community a little bit of a jolt. When you watch the show next week, I think you'll see that we've been able to do that. IGN will, of course, I'll cut that part out. Early today, a report emerged that said all future PlayStation 4 games must be compatible with PlayStation 5, as well as claiming PlayStation 4 versions of The Last of Us Part 2 and The Ghost of Tsushima will be PlayStation 5 compatible. So uh, some of the fine print on that is, yeah, any game that's going to be released um, or scheduled to be released, I think, past July 13 has to be compatible with the PlayStation 5 moving forward. There's some more sort of release notes you can you can track down the internet on that one. But yeah, PlayStation 5 conference this coming week, obviously it lines up pretty conveniently with where uh, E3 would have been. Mm. But what do you think about this? What do you think we're going to see from Sony? What's what's your guesses? What's your, where are you throwing the darts? Why haven't they shown us what the freaking console looks like? <laughs> like, mm. I'm really concerned that it either looks really ugly that they're just trying to sell the concept and be like, oh well, you're gonna have to buy it, um, or you know they just don't think it matters. I just don't think it's been this close to a release without seeing the actual like look of a console. I'm just curious about that. I think we're going to see the console. I don't know if they're going to lead off with that or maybe end with end it, it. But yeah, I think they're going to have to show the console itself. But just from the the sort of the social media promotions and um, the, the listings on the PlayStation blog, the graphics they're using of the controller, it, 
it doesn't look like it's the two-tone anymore. It looked like it's like a black Straight or a black, dark gray. Yeah. So maybe they've pivoted after some some feedback on the you know the white, black, blue hybrid thing they had going. Yeah. Um, and they're going more traditional. So yeah, that's one thing I noticed. Uh, if if yeah, if, if we're throwing some darts, what do you think we're going to see? Like obviously they're going to showcase some games, uh, heavy hitters, indies, and otherwise. But what do you reckon we're going to see? What are they going to lead off with or end with? What's give me give me a couple of hot takes. They're either going to lead in with. I wonder if they'll lead in cyberpunk. Because I'm trying to think what would be the it game for them to be like this is why you'll buy a PlayStation 5. Like, this is what we have to offer. Um, And it just has to be something that is, like, graphically gorgeous. Like, it just has to, like... Because they're at the arse end of this now where they're showing what they've got. So they have to captivate you at the very, very, very start. Kind of like with what Xbox did with... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry i've forgotten what the game's called but remember how it led off and we were, we were saying like it's almost like unrealistically like oh when they showed Hel- like hellblade with um senua no, 2 no it was like it was another game with the xbox um like live thing that they did recently and it was this game where you know you're shifting between time and then you jump in like a delorean and oh yeah like, the one that just the single person made yeah that one yeah. and then when they actually showed some gameplay it was like nothing like it but you could tell that they started it off because that little graphic sequence at the start just looked crazy so i feel like playstation will have to do something like that just to get you right at the start just to show you some graphically phenomenal game and be like, this is why you get a PlayStation, you know? I'm I'm wondering, like, if they're going to lead off with, say, Spider-Man. Oh. Because it's an exclusive, uh, obviously, the, the tail end of the, the first Spider-Man game on the PlayStation 4. It did open up itself up to, to future sequels and they're no doubt somewhere down the development cycle with that game. So I think they're going to lead off with, like, Spider-Man, Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or God of War 2, that's that's where I think they're going to start things off just with this big like <clears throat> mic drop moment because that'll then get people hyped instantly, those those oh, big yeah. tentpole AAA exclusives. So I think we'll see at least two of those, maybe like not much gameplay, maybe it's just going to be a, a teaser with the, the art come up with the logo or something, but that's going to mm. be enough to get people going. Bah! So <laughs> I think we'll see we'll see two of those. That's exactly how the people go. I've, I'm mm, a man of the people. Like I've, I've heard them. Yep. 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 Well, adequate, <laughs> apt, very correct, I think. <laughs> Sheep-like society. Uh-huh. But yeah, I'm thinking Thinking a couple of those. Uh, mm. We'll probably see some more The Last of Us Part 2. Obviously, we, we haven't talked about it today, but they did do like a 20-minute reveal this past week of gameplay. I've avoided it because I just don't really want to see or, or know anything more about it. But maybe they'll have a little bit more of that in there. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm feeling Horizon, God of War, or Spider Man. Their their respective sequels. At least two or th- two out of the three of those will be mentioned in some regard. You know what? Spider Man sounds like the draw. I'm not too sure about a God of War, but Spider Man feels like because of how well received that game was like it was just everyone loved it everyone thought it was amazing it was like a great game i feel like that's going to be like that could be like you know yeah the i can't make the sheep noise noise of the audience i don't even know what sound i made 
Yeah, ah. that will make the audience go. <laughs> now he's just sound like Mars, atta- well, not Mars attacks. <laughs> so, <laughs> fucking shows off the rails. Um, so yeah, um, I I'm gonna be tuning in anyway. It'll be nice in the afternoon for me. So. Yeah, it's it's at a rough hour. I think I'm gonna try and get up and check this one. Like I don't typically get up and do these one a.m. watch-alongs just because for the most part. I don't think they're worth it sometimes. Like what's the difference of waiting and getting up at 7am and watching them through. But this one, I think I'm actually going to either stay up for or set the alarm clock for and check it out. Cause I just want to see what return serve Sony are going to do because Microsoft, obviously they're saying all the right things. They're doing all the right things out there. And as far as hype and momentum, they're sort of the early front runner for this next gen. Mm. Um, so let's see. And, and in Sony fashion, I think they just kind of come out and just drop the hammer. Like they're going to show some big, big exclusives some big gameplay and then everyone's going like whoa fuck sony sony you're winning this war again now like it's going to sort of shift you know on on it's going to turn on a dime so yeah but yeah it's cool i like that they're they've got something coming out and the fact it's going to go for an early an hour we're going to see a lot of content and get a lot of information thrown our way oh yeah do you think we're going to have an awkward musical performance like a live one someone playing the flute maybe (laughs) <laughs> i i don't think so i don't think they'll put that effort um i i kind of hope they do what xbox did where they actually had um people like from the actual studios get like having that opportunity to kind of talk through some of their stuff but um if it's gonna go for an hour i feel like they'd have to do something like that there's no way that they would have oh yes you know what yes they would they would have tons of like gameplay and drag things yeah. on especially last of us i i think they're going to talk about they're not going to talk about it maybe a fixed release date they'll say holiday i don't think they're going to say a price but i think they're going to show the console maybe flex some of the power of the console uh but yeah no no cost no release date outside of the holiday you know holiday 2020 or whatever they'll say just hoping jim ryan's got a better quality webcam than uh, aaron greenberg does if he's leading this thing off as well like I'm going to wet my pants if it's going to be that same sort of caliber, if they're going to do a lot of remote Zoom style sort of pockets com- coming together to the one video. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, that's the news. Shall we jump into uh, this next part? New releases and events. And truth be told, from my end, um, I've been trying to find something to talk about here as far as games that are coming out that are. Uh, of potential interest to me and looking at the list uh for games releasing between uh the first through to the 8th of may there's nothing really that sort of intrigues me like the only thing i could sort of say maybe too is john wick hex which drops on the playstation 4 on the 5th of may but outside of that none of these games do anything for me i had to look to see if there's anything any new television coming out this week to talk about anything of note in that regard to talk about and i'm, I'm coming up empty you got anything that you hyped for this week no, not specifically. I'm um, just looking at the list. Um, kind of shocked to see Sonic at the Olympic Games, Tokyo 2020 on iOS and Android. Um, man, mobile games and is slowly like kind of like just molding into like you know, like the gaming platform. Like I gotta say, I'm still kind of sick of going through the Switch store and the Switch store making you feel like there's like all these wonderful new games that come out. But then when you dive deep into it, you're like, oh, you can tell this was a mobile game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which it's, doesn't it's overwhelming discredit store. it. But like sometimes you just kind of see, you know, like the playability and you're kind of like, well, I can play that on my phone. Like A lot so. of filler. 
Like, yeah, oh, it's yeah. awesome that they've got so many games and so many games that you wouldn't expect Nintendo to get behind. But yeah, it's just so much filler on that so store. Much filler. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's interesting that game's still called Tokyo 2020 when they've shelved the Olympics for this year. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's you know, to, to be confirmed when they're going to do them. So uh, I was going to say something bad, but I won't. Um, Void Bastards. <laughs> I was just going to say, are they going to have to do a DLC where everyone's wearing masks? Um, <laughs> That's not too bad. <laughs> Void Bastards was um, one that has come up a lot. Um, I have heard mixed things about that title. So, you know. I'm not too yeah. sure whether I'll just dive into that one. Like, I remember that graphically it looked pretty interesting, but yeah, apart from everything else that's on this list, John Wick Hex was what was that originally released on? Was that the Switch? I, I think it dropped on Steam, and that was only um, like two weeks ago. Like, it's it's only been out for a few months, or a few weeks, I should say, on Steam. But yeah, it's making its way to the PlayStation as well on fifth of May. Uh, the only other thing I could think of that's just come out here anyway that's not really coming out this week is there's a new Anna Kendrick show on Stan. I think it's on HBO as well called Love Life, which looks interesting. I don't know. I, I just, um, yeah, I, don't, I, I love me some, some good romantic dramedy sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll check that out. But outside of that, I'm, I'm clutching at straws here for things happening this week. Yeah, like when's um, Last of Us coming out? Last of Us two. That's few not weeks next now. week. Yeah, it's like because um, I'm sure a lot of us saw on um social media uh a lot of journalists and whatnot saying that they're playing it. Um, from the most part, sounds positive. So, what do you gonna... think about that? That unnecessary flex where it's like controller and the load screen or like their PlayStation Four dashboard with the Last of Us icon there. It's <laughs> the, like the flex. A bunch of wankers. I don't know how, like, because a part of me feels like, I'm like, oh, maybe, like, because you feel like if they gave the content out to the, um, like, to content creators, there would be, like, a really strict, like, like, just don't talk about it or you can start talking about it at this date and time. But maybe because the PlayStation event, it's okay for them to say that they have it. I don't know. Like, yeah. I thought it was kind of weird that they got it so early. And a lot of them have said that they've finished it. Mm. So. Yeah, NDAs <laughs> are weird. Like, um, you, you see a lot of NDAs sort of hit the inboxes for, for games and things like that. And, and some of them, it's it's almost like you're you know sworn into the secret service that you can't say anything. And other ones, they, they're just so willy-nilly and relaxed and... And casual as as far as what you can put out there, and and I guess this is somewhere in between. Obviously, they're they're gonna uh, not permit them to talk any spoilers and story and major major beats in the game, but yeah, just just that unnecessary flex, like and it, like you could see it at all. Like doing my my Twitter scroll, whenever it was Wednesday night or whatever, when I guess this first started popping, and it was I reckon I saw about twenty posts in a row where it's like. Yeah, just playing this now. Wait for my review on June twelfth at twelve oh one or whatever the hell time yeah. was that they could release their their review. And it's like, mate, piss off, you wankers. Yeah. I'm playing this now and can't confirm. I'm very happy. Like, yeah. So what? What did that fucking tell me? Like, yeah, yeah. I'd be happy too if I got a game that no one else could play or like you know ninety percent of the population can't play or whatever the freaking hell. Like, yeah. And unfortunately for this game, it obviously doesn't mean much to me anywho, so. No, no, um, but we'll see. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe they'll make a believer out of you yet. Maybe you'll play this down the line when it's on I, a, in days I, of summer sale or something. I, considering I still haven't finished the first one. Mm. That, that makes it tough to. then. That makes it mm. tough. Mm. 
All right, let's get this last uh, part of this pod done and dusted, eh? Tweet of the week. This comes via way of ad Xbox. Xbox Series X is the most compatible console ever. No boost mode, no down clocking, and then a checkbox beside the power of Xbox Series X for thousands of games ready at launch. Thousands. So we're talking one with three zeros on the back end of it. Like, So it's it's not a huge tweet. It's not massively in-depth, but uh, all that this is sort of just conveying is they're doubling down on backwards compatibility, going all the way through the Xbox franchise or Xbox uh, history. And uh, they've even now on the back of this also opened up dialogue where fans can actually submit games that they'd like to be added to the backwards compatibility list and put in like formal requests and uh, Xbox will take it under advisement if they try and port that across. But it's it's a pretty big, uh, you know, talking of flexes, it's it's a pretty big flex to chuck that in there. Obviously, that's not thousands of, thousands of Xbox Series X specific games released at day yeah. one, but... It's kind of cool to know that you've got this ecosystem to play things from your entire gaming catalog. Yeah, I like. I guess it's definitely something that you kind of take for granted. It is a weird flex, though. Like, like oh, thousands of games ready at launch. And it's like, yeah, but like, like how many of them are actually going to showcase what you guys have to offer? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's just still kind of funny considering the uh flump that they had like last time they had a console launch and trying to make it so backwards compatibility wasn't a thing do you remember the video that they um that playstation did to counter them i I do and i remember i remember that previous gen and like the the focus with xbox it was like this is your media hub you know it's more than just a gaming console it's your it's your hub for your your ptv yeah entertainment and it's just like man it's such a mixed message. Like no one cares. Like gamers don't really give a toss about that. It's great when you can have that as, as your hub for your your Blu-rays and everything else. But like that's not going to sell a console, at least for me. There's some out there that might, but for the most part, it's about the games, really. Mm. You know, every time that I ever jumped on like Xbox or PlayStation and like my friends list would show so-and-so is watching YouTube and I'm like, on your console? <laughs> Yeah, I've got a few friends when I still jump on the Xbox, they're watching Foxtel through it. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. I guess you got like, a smart TV, there's probably an app for that. But anyway. Yeah, I, I guess as a person that has Apple TV, maybe I have that small luxury, but I just always thought it was weird. Mm. But yeah, thousands of games ready at launch. I think the world will be going a bit like this. I don't know. I just wanted to put another soundbite in. I was going to say, just wanted to like, you know, throw those soundbites out again, seeing, use them, give them all to purpose. That's it. Everyone else is flexing. So I'm flexing my soundboard prowess right now. So uh, yeah, but this has been episode 196 of the Hungry Gamers podcast. Thanks to each and every one of you stopping on by, listening, rating, reviewing and all that other good stuff. Uh, Is there anything you want to say before we say bye-bye for another week? Um, I just want to let everyone know that when it comes to Animal Crossing, I know we didn't really discuss it at the start, but it has finally happened. Um, the hype has died. I barely play it. Yeah, I've, I think I've played collectively for maybe 10 minutes in the past week and a half. That sounds like about as much as I've played. So I know yeah. some people loved the Animal Crossing talk. 
Um, I know that some of you maybe didn't like it so much, but um, yeah, you'll definitely see a bit of a wind down now on that content. If you mm-hmm. want more, like if you want us to talk about it more or if you want us to maybe do another little side episode, maybe, you know, we can have like the, the beginning of Animal Crossing hype and maybe towards the end of Animal Crossing hype, let us know. But unfortunately, if you were dialing in to hear about it every week, it will be going. Yeah. Yeah, until until they bring some new stuff to the to the game itself. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be playing it very often. I might jump in sparingly to try and buy some fake art or some real art. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, I'm pretty good with where things are at. My island's not perfect, but it's perfect enough for me to go, you know what, I can be sort of somewhat at peace with what I've achieved in this game so far. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what, it's a phenomenon. You know, that game is uh, one of the biggest games of the year. Uh, No doubt about that. And it's going to be in many game of the year year lists. And uh, it's just one of those mainstream barrier breakdowns that we've seen uh, since, you know, it's probably the biggest one since Pokemon Go. So, yeah, can't fault Nintendo. (laughs) Gotta be honest, I'd love to see that little breakdown at the Game Awards or, you know, the Game Awards still happen where it's like The Last of Us, Cyberpunk, Ghost of Tsushima. Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see it. Well, you know, if if uh, Untitled Goose Game can get up there in those That's ranks, true. then uh, Animal Crossing can can certainly get up there and hold its That's own. True. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, next week, episode one ninety seven, we're going to be joined by Apit's resident dreamer. We're talking Matt Tilby, who is the host of Hoop Dreams, which is our NBA focused uh, podcast as part of the hashtag Eight Bit Collective. Uh, yeah, him and Jono, as well as a few other special guests have just finished doing a review series on The Last Dance. Uh, so for anyone that is uh, intrigued to get some feedback on that, give those listen episodes a listen. There's uh, five in total. Question. Yeah. I only knew minimal about basketball maybe in the 90s, probably it's prime time. Would I be interested in that little docu-series thing? I think you would. Uh, like, Because that's, that's primarily where the... The documentary's focused is sort of the the back end of the 80s and the 90s and just the Bulls dynasty. So I think, especially because that was maybe your peak NBA fandom slash interest, you'll you'll be able mm. to relate and, and remember things. And, and just, I guess, just to see it like from a documentary perspective outside of being an NBA fan or a sports fan or a Jordan fan, it's just crazy to see what lengths he went to to be the best. So mm. I think anybody can take some stuff away from that as well. Just sort of the drive and the unbridled passion and the focus. And, you know, there was there was no shortcuts with him. He was just whatever it took to be the best, whatever, you know, bodies he had to, to step over to get there. And yeah, it's, it's just good, good television. Like it's really well cut together. And like one thing that might frustrate me a little bit is obviously Michael Jordan had final say on everything that made it to the final cut. So I think he probably framed himself in better light at times when probably was needed, but overall it didn't take away from it. And it's yeah, 10 hours worth all up. There's 10 episodes. They yeah, uh, run all sub sub 60 minutes, but really, really good to watch and, and pretty emotional at times. And, and just sort of hearing the stories and just, just what uh, the NBA became on the back of Jordan. It's, it's really cool to see. Really good filmmaking. Hmm. Okay, maybe I'll give it a go. Yeah, I think you should. Hmm. Yeah, this has been episode 196 of the Hungry Games podcast. Uh, yeah, find us all as a collective at We Are 8-Bit. Obviously, find Miss Ali Hart at Miss Ali Hart. Find myself at Brendan 8-Bit. But until next time, 8-Bit Nation, much love. Stay hungry. Stay hungry.
You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. I don't know if anyone listens this far, but the outro is probably the best outro in podcasting as well. So you're welcome, world. <laughs>